We're going to look at an interesting topic this morning. If you have, uh, need Bibles, raise your hand. Ushers are coming forward with Bibles. And we're going to look at uh, the mother love of God. Now, don't call me a heretic here because I don't believe, I believe the Scripture is very clear that all throughout the Scripture, God is Father, right? We're instructed by Jesus to pray, our Father, which art in heaven. The Trinity is, is not Mother, uh, um, you know, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Trinity is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, correct? Paul put it this way. He said this. He took it to a whole nother level. Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, he says, you've not been given a spirit of slavery that leads to fear again, but a, you've received a spirit of adoption by which you could cry out, Abba, Father. And God's Spirit bears witness to your spirit that you're a child of God. So very clear. I want to be very clear here. All throughout the Scriptures, God is Father. But we're going to see this morning some interesting things. We're going to see today is, yeah, God is Father and that he's strong and he's, he's mighty and he's powerful. He's El Shaddai, God Almighty. He's Father, but he's also got some characteristics of love that really is, is illustrated in the Scripture is a mom. He has a mother's love for, for us. And that his love for us is a love of compassion, yes, but of comfort, a love of patience, <laughs> a love that is accepting of all people, no matter what their idiosyncrasies are. That's a mother's love. And we're going to see that this morning from Scripture, that God's love for us is illustrated in a lot of ways of, of what a mother has, a good mother has a love for her kids. And so we're going to look at those three, those three, three things, really. We're going to see, first of all, God's love is a mother's like love in that for us, and that he has got a comforting love for each one of us. We're also gonna see this morning that God's love for us is a love that accepts us unconditionally, no matter what our background, what our failures, what our idiosyncrasies, idiosyncrasies are. And lastly, God's love, listen to this one, God's love is like a mother's love and that he's patient with us. And some of your moms are saying, yep, that's what it takes to be a mom. Patience, the King James Version that we saw last week uh, when we were going through the fruits of the Spirit, is patience is long-suffering. And some of you moms illustrate God's love for us very well in your long-suffering with your kids. So we're going to look at those three things. And first of all, we're going to look at God's love is a love like a mom that's a comforting love and wants to sustain us and help us. So, scripture on this, Isaiah should be up on the screen. Isaiah chapter 66 and look what it says about God's love for us. It's like a mother's love. Isaiah 66, verse 12. It says, For thus says the Lord, Behold, I extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the nations like an overflowing stream. And you will be nursed, and you will be carried on the hip and fondled on the knees as, as one whom his mother, what? Comforts. So I'll comfort you. This is God speaking to his people. As one who has a mother comforts, so I'll comfort you, and you'll be comforted in Jerusalem. You see that? That's the mother love of God. It's, it's, it's being illustrated like a mom who takes her kid on his lap, fondles the kid, comforts the kid, and then sustains the kid by feeding the child. And that's the kind of love that God has for us. He's a God of comfort. We're told also in Corinthians, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, that God, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all what? Comfort 
who comforts us in our affliction so that we'll be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And the illustration back to Isaiah 66 is God wants to comfort us like a mother wants to comfort the child that she's nursing on her lap. Now, this is many moons ago, but I remember, remember when we had babies. We went through four kids of, of, of having babies like in eight years. As soon as we got one kid sleeping through the, through the night, another kid would come. Eight years of sleep deprivation. But I remember oftentimes walking in the room when Heidi was nursing one of our kids, and there was a connection there. There was a co- connection of love, a bonding going on. I saw that. And a connection not only of love, but of comforting and caring for that kid. And that's the picture that's being painted of the relationship that God wants to have with us. He wants to have a relationship with us where he sustains us, where he comforts us, where he supports us, where he cares for us. That's why Jesus said, and lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. That's why Hebrews 13 says, Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. He's got a mother's love for you that he wants to comfort you and sustain you and be there for you and help you. Interesting, too, I remember when our kids were little, talk about comfort, remember our kids would skin their knee or hurt themselves or something like that. I would be in the same room as Heidi after they hurt themselves, and I was non-existent. They'd run right past Dad with a skinned knee or whatever else, and they'd run right past me, and, and part of it was they knew I don't have a very strong gift of mercy, and I'd say, well, just grow up and get a Band-Aid or something, will you? But they, they'd run right past me, and they'd run right to Heidi on Heidi's lap, and Heidi would get the Neosporin or whatever it's called, and the Band-Aids, and she'd comfort, and she'd care, and she'd take care of that child, and I was non-existent, because that's what moms do. They have a mother's love that comforts the child and sustains a child and helps the child. That's the mother love of God. That's what God wants to do for us also. Interesting, interesting. We, we, we don't understand the depth and the breadth and the height and the greatness of God's love for us, but we see it in a mother's love for a child. That's the mother love of God. It's amazing. God's love for us is awesome. I, I'm in the new phase of life now of being a grandpa and we went Thursday to my uh, youngest son's graduation from Clemson. He walked the stage, magnum cum laude. I didn't even know what that was until graduation. And I read that and go, wow, that's pretty good. I, I was happy with B's. I don't know, all these ki- happy kids keep getting A's. But it, but it was interesting, he walked the stage, and then we all went out to this restaurant in Anderson, South Carolina, after Clemson graduation, and we ate together. And uh, my oldest son now has a little baby Adele, and uh, he she sat through, baby Adele sat through over a two-hour graduation ceremony. We were passing her around like hot potatoes. And, and she did great the whole ceremony, but then we get to the restaurant, and uh, at the restaurant, you know what happens when kids get, babies get tired and they get hungry? The whole disposition changes. And she went from being this little happy, smiling, ooh, baby, to you could just see her face. Okay, something's got to be done here, or it's going to be an interesting lunch. And sure enough, my daughter-in-law, Kristen, takes her out, exits, and I don't know if she went to the bathroom or whatever. She was gone for about 20 minutes during the lunch, and baby Adele went from this, like this, to coming back, ooh. (laughs) Mama just fed me. And she had that time of just sitting on mama's lap, being nursed, being fed, 
being sustained, being taken care of. Isn't that the mother love of God? Isn't that what God does for us? And that's what God wants in our relationship with him. He wants us to experience that comfort, that feeding, that sustenance that comes from a personal relationship with him. Interesting, even the Holy Spirit was given as an aid uh, for God's love for comforting us. Do you know that? Holy Spirit mentioned many times by Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit being our helper. And the Holy Spirit is a parakletos. Helper means parakletos in the Greek. And it means one who's given to us to stand alongside us to help us. I'll give you a couple scriptures from John. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 16. We'll just run through a few of these here. John 14, 16, it says, Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. And then John 14, 26, he goes on and says, but the helper, now notice the word helper. The word helper in the King James Version is translated comforter. God wants to be our helper and comforter, and he gives the Holy Spirit to do that. But the Holy Spirit, the helper or comforter, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. And then verse 26 of John 15 says, and when the helper, or King James, the comforter comes, whom I'll send to you from the Father, that is the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness of me. And then also John 16, 7, but I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper or the comforter shall not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. Interesting, interesting, interesting. What that's saying is the Holy Spirit's given so that God in his love can use the Holy Spirit in our lives to stand alongside us, to comfort us, and to help us. And I think of the image of um, Genesis chapter one when creation's being done. And as creation is being done, the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters as a part of that creation. And what the Holy Spirit does for us, same thing. He, he just kind of stands alongside us and hovers around us and helps us, the Holy Spirit does. Amazing, we're given the Holy Spirit so God's comforting love could be a daily experience as we walk with him. It's wonderful, it's wonderful. Jesus talking about the, the, the comforting love that he had for Israel when he looked over the city of Jerusalem. He said this, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent her, how often I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were unwilling. Behold, your house is being left to you desolate. That's the... That's that compassionate love that Jesus had for his city of Jerusalem. He looked out on the city and he said, I just, I want to gather you like a mother hen gathers its chicks. That's the mother love that God has for each one of us. Heard a story this week about a, a, a mom. And this amplifies or illustrates, we we're talking about that, that, that love that a mom has for a kid. It's a true story. It says, many years ago, a young mother was making her way on foot across the hills of South Wales, carrying her infant son. And a blinding blizzard overtook the pair, and the mother never reached her destination. This is a blizzard in England. Searchers found her lifeless body with a baby snuggled beneath her, warm and alive. She had wrapped her outer clothing and scarf around the boy and then covered him with her own body. That baby grew up to be David Lloyd George, who went on to become the British Prime Minister and one of England's greatest statesmen. See that? Amazing. This mom took this baby in the midst of the blizzard, took her coat off, put the coat on the baby, wrapped her arms around her, and died. And that baby lived and went on to become the Prime Minister of England. That's the mother love that I'm talking about. And I think about Jesus, who on the cross, 
sacrificed his body for us so that we could be wrapped with the arms of the comforting love of God. Amazing. And moms, here, listen to me, moms. Listen, one of the greatest favors you could do for your kids is having this comforting, sustaining love for them, even when they get past this age to this age. And as you have a comforting, sustaining love for your kids, here's what's gonna happen. As they develop a relationship with God, it's gonna be easier for them to come into that comforting, sustaining love of God because they've experienced it from mom first. It's true for me. Mimi, my mom, (laughs) she was one of the most comforting, sustaining, caring people I've ever known in my life. I remember when I was in middle school, uh, we had a fire in our kitchen, and as my dad was taking out the pan that was blazing up to the ceiling of the kitchen because there was grease fire from the shrimp he was cooking, we were working on the house, we came in, it's fire up to the ceiling. He had me go out to the kitchen he said, he, he was holding this fired pan, and he held, had me hold the screen door. And as I held the screen door, the grease started burning up his arm. He threw the pan out the door, but it hit the post on the um, steps. And it came back after it hit the post, and it covered me from the whole waist down. I had third-degree burns, blisters like this big, all the way down. And I remember going to the emergency room, and it felt like a hundred bee stings at one time. Most pain I've ever experienced. And I get as a middle schooler, I get to the emergency room, and my mom, she was on top of it. You know how emergency rooms could take like three hours to get you in sometimes? That wasn't going to happen. She got me in. She used all her hoppy press to get me in as soon as possible to see a doctor. And then we got this emergency room doctor, and he was a little bit older, had a lot of years in the emergency room or whatever, and he got a little impatient with me because as he was cutting all the dead skin off all the blisters, I'd, I'd wince like that. He said, well, just sit still, like a smoke coming out of my mom's ears. She wasn't going to let that happen, this guy be crotchety with me in that emergency room. She was the most, one of the most comforting, sustaining people that I've ever known. And I had multiple visits to that emergency room. They knew me by first name. But I remember my mom always being there, always sustaining, always comforting. And then when I got saved at 17 years old and I developed a relationship with God, to understand that comforting, sustaining love of God was so, such an easy transition for me because I had a mom that modeled that kind of love to me before I came to Christ. So moms, one of the greatest things you could do is have a comforting, sustaining, helping love towards your kids. It will help them come into a deeper understanding of the love that God has for them. Amen? All right, so the second part we see of God's love for us is not only a comforting, sustaining love, a feeding love, a caring love, but also a love that accepts us just as we are and loves us, and no matter what our background or what our failures are. Listen to some scripture on this. This uh, Zechariah 2, verse 8 should be up on the screen. It says this, For thus says the Lord of hosts, after glory he has sent me against the nations which you plunder, for he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. Now, I had to do some research on this. What does it mean that God's people are the apple of his eye? What does that mean? It means literally the pupil of his eye, the focus of his eye. And what it's saying, when you're told it's God's people that you're the apple of his eye, it means his focus and his, his, his pupil of his eye is towards you. I like that. You know, the Bible says we can't go anywhere where God doesn't see us. His spirit, according to the Psalms, his spirit, no matter where we're at, he's there and he sees us and we're the focus. 
in his life. Interesting. Also, not only is God's focus on us, but also, not only his focus, but his acceptance of us is unconditional. Listen to what uh, Acts 10.34 says. It says this, opening his mouth, uh, Peter said this, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality. You know what that means? God loves every single person equally in the same. He doesn't, he doesn't love Billy Graham more than he loves you. God loves you unconditionally, and he shows no partiality. The Bible says he is not a respecter of person. He loves every single person equally and fully. I like that. That's God's love. And you know what? Moms, we can learn from that too. <laughs> you want to love your kids with the way that God loves? Love your kids unconditionally. Don't love one of the kids more than the other kids. Don't show partiality. Amen? And sometimes it's easy to show partiality towards one versus the other, but that's not the way that God loves us. The most, one of the most dysfunctional families in the entire Bible was dysfunctional because there was love shown towards one kid more than the other kid. You know what family I'm talking about? Twelve tribes of Israel came from that family. It was the family of Joseph. And if you look at Genesis and see Joseph's family, talk about dysfunctional messed up family. His brothers, when he was just a teenager, wanted to kill him. And if it wasn't for one of the other brothers stopping the whole mess, they were about to kill their own brother. Instead of killing him, they threw him into a pit, and then after throwing him into a pit, they sold him into slavery, where he's taken by slave traders to this wicked nation of Egypt. And even at the end of his life, after he reconciled with his brothers, his brothers were still conniving and plotting, making sure that Joseph wasn't going to kill him as the prime minister of Egypt, which he went on to become. But you know what? A part of the problem in that family was there was the dad that loved Joseph more than the, more than the other kids. And that's not God's love. God's love is, shows no partiality. And that's the kind of love that, I, you know what's, what's great about God's love too? It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your failures are. It doesn't matter what your idiosyncrasies are. God loves you unconditionally and with no partiality. One of my regrets in life is I never got to go see a, a Billy Graham crusade live. Billy Graham's one of my heroes. But I watched a bunch of his crusades on TV. I remember growing up as a Christian and just watching crusade after crusade on TV of Billy Graham. Loved him. And I love the fact that at the end of every single one of Billy Graham's uh, crusades, what was the hymn he would end during the altar call of his crusade? Just as I am. And Billy Graham was making a point with that being his altar call song for decades. God loves you just the way you are. And moms, you could do your kids a favor. Love your kids the way God loves you. With your idiosyncrasies, your failures, your faults. And remember this too. God ain't finished yet. Philippians 1.6 tells us that we can be confident of this. And all the kids that are part of your family, be confident of this, that he who began a good work in them will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Right? I'm so glad I had not only a mom but a dad that never gave up on me, never quit on me, always believed in me, always loved me, even with all the faults and the failures and the idiosyncrasies I had. And I got a bunch of them. Mom always loved me in spite of myself, equally within the family. And that's the mother love of God. Ephesians 1.6 tells us this, 
to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted, accepted in the beloved. That's wonderful, isn't it? God accepts us fully in the beloved. Okay, last way that we see the mother love of God. It's not only with uh, the way he comforts us and gives towards us and sustains us, just like a mother does with her baby. It's not only that he accepts us just as we are, he accepts us fully unconditionally, just like a mom does with her child, accepts and, and fully accepts us unconditionally. Hey, listen, the last way that we see the mother love of God, listen to this. This is a big one. This is an important one. Patience. Patience. God has patience with us, and we see that all throughout the scriptures, God's patience. I heard about a mom this week. Uh, she had a four-year-old, and she was putting her son to bed on the eve of his fifth birthday, and she was trying to communicate a birthday idea to him. So she said to this little boy, four-year-old, Kevin, this is the last night of your fourth year. Do you understand that? Kevin was ready to communicate with his hands. So for a full year, he had shown people he was four years old with his four fingers. Now he was ready to add a thumb. And so seeing his four fingers, his mother's not as, when you go to sleep tonight, you'll be four years old, but do you know how old you'll be in the morning when you wake up? So he went from four fingers... He added his thumb. He said, Mommy, tomorrow I'll be a handful. (laughs) Isn't that true? (laughs) Moms, you can relate to that, right? You've had four-year-olds. You've had five-year-olds. They're a handful. And so if you want to be displaying the love of God to your kids, you need to be patient with them because God is patient with us. I was thinking of the zoo been to the zoo. I'm, I'm a grandpa now, so I think we're going to start making some visits to the zoo as we have more grandkids. But I remember going to the zoo one time. They're one of the best zoos in the world is where I'm from, Chicago, the Brooklyn Zoo in Chicago. And I remember there's a couple different times I've been to the zoo. I'll, I'll watch the tigers, and I love tigers because they got power. Tigers, I mean, they're like this, you know? Eye of the tiger, right? And I was watching one time at the zoo, a tiger, a mother tiger with her baby cubs, and I was watching this tiger who had strength and fangs and everything else. And this, the cubs would just cover this tiger with, like, like go on her head and claw on her head. And you know, the big tiger with these little baby cubs chewing on its ear. And you know what this, you know what this mother tiger did? Nothing. Just let, let this poke at her head and all this other stuff. And I was thinking as I was watching these cubs just do all this stuff to this mother tiger, I was thinking... What if I go behind the bars and do the same thing to that tiger? What if I poke at its ears? What if, what if, I, what if, what if I try to chew on its ear, you know, head a little bit? What would that tiger do to me? Have me for lunch. But I wasn't one of her cubs. That mother tiger was being patient with those cubs and just kind of enduring. That's the patience of God with us. Good picture. Good picture. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says this. The Lord's not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but he's what towards us? What's God's love towards us? He's patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Now, context of that verse. People were scoffing about that Christ hasn't returned yet. The rapture hasn't happened yet. What's God waiting on? Peter's answer is the reason why the rapture hasn't happened yet, the reason why God hasn't put it into all the evil in the world and taken us out of here. It's because he's patient. He's not wanting for any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Listen, 
What would have happened to some of you here this morning if the rapture happened 10 years ago? You would have been left behind, right? What would have happened to some of you this morning if the rapture happened five years ago? You would have been left behind with the Antichrist and the Great Tribulation. What would have happened to some of you if the, if, if, if the rapture happened just a year ago? Right? God's patient. He's patiently waiting for all people to repent before he sends his son back and raptures the church out of here. That's the patient, patience, love of God. It's amazing. And also I think of Jesus displaying this characteristic of patience on the cross. Good thing I wasn't Jesus. When my own creations on the cross, if I was Jesus and they were spitting on me and mocking me and saying, you're the king of the Jews, you come down from the cross. I would have used some of that omnipotence to incinerate some of those guys. Bam! Lightning bolts. Would have been a big one too. Did Jesus do that? No. Hebrews 12, 2 says, for the joy set before him, he endured, patiently endured, the cross. Amazing love. How can it be that you, my king, would die for me? Patience. And not only did he show patience in enduring the cross, he showed patience in even praying for the people that were killing him. He said, Father, forgive them, for they don't even know what they're doing. And he was patient with them. You know, I, I think about my mom, too, about the way she was patient with me. Oh, before I got saved, oh, I put her through the ringer. I mean, 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, stumbling in after partying and everything else, just lost as a rock. Just patiently endured and hung in there with me. And I remember after I came to Christ, sitting down with my mom, and I had explained to her I'd come to Christ, and my life was changed, and I was going to Bible studies instead of parties, and I was living for Christ. And I remember her shaking her head. I go, Mom, what's the matter? Just share with you. I'm, I'm, I'm saved now. What, what are you shaking her? She goes, I just don't know what to do. I don't have to worry about you anymore. But it was a wonderful feeling for me that she went from this anxiety and stress, patiently enduring with me, to a place now where she didn't have to worry about me anymore because I was, I was walking with Christ. Patience. Patience is a big part of mom's love for kids. And patience is a big part of God's love for us. Isaiah chapter 49, I'll close with this scripture this morning, it says this, but Zion said, Zion is God's people, the Lord has forsaken me, and the Lord has forgotten me. And here's God's response to the God's people saying, you've forgotten us, you've forsaken us. Here's what God says, can a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, but I will not, what? God says, I'm not gonna forget you. Behold, I've inscribed you on the palms of my hands. I like that. God says he's inscribed us on the palms of his hands. Now, what do you inscribe? What do you write on the palms of your hands at times? Stuff that's important to you. I remember before I got saved in high school, I used to inscribe all kinds of stuff on the palms of my hands so I'd remember stuff so I wouldn't flunk a test. It's real good at writing those little cheat notes on my hand. That was important. I need to remember that stuff. What are, what's inscribed on the palms of God's hands? Us. He says, I'm not going to forget you. I'm not going to forsake you. You're inscribed on the palms of my hands because you're important to me. Listen to this. This is an allusion, too, to Jesus. It says in the book of Revelation, when Jesus is around the throne of God, 
he's as if a lamb slain. And on the palms of his hands are going to be the scars that he went through for you, for me, for the rest of eternity. We're inscribed on the palms of Jesus' hands too. That's the patient, enduring, suffering love of God. And moms, I want to encourage you here this morning too. If you want to have God's love for your kids, you need to have a love, we've seen already this morning, a love that comforts and accepts them and sustains them. You need to have a love that fully, unconditionally accepts them no matter what their idiosyncrasies, what their failures, what their faults are. But you also need to have a love that's patient. You hang in there with them. Don't quit on your kids. Don't quit. Persevere. God doesn't quit on you. He loves you with an everlasting love. And it doesn't matter what their failures are, what their faults are, what their idiosyncrasies are. Don't quit on your kids. Billy Graham's son, Franklin, he wrote a whole book, The Rebel with the Cause. Because for years, he was a rebel. I mean, he was, he was Billy Graham's son, and he was lost as a rock. To the point that he had such a strong will. I, I heard one story was, and I've shared this before, but she would go with her four or five kids to McDonald's, and he was such a strong-willed, stubborn, rebellious kid that, uh, that she, she would put him in the trunk of the car. She'd go to the fast food thing and get the McDonald's or whatever thing else, get the other kids the food and stuff like that, and then she'd go back to the trunk of the car, open the trunk of the car, throw him his Big Mac, and close the door. He caused such problems, caused such problems in the family. And then he went on in his teenage years to drugs and alcohol and everything else. You know what Ruth Graham did? She continued to pray for him. She continued to be patient with him. She continued to do whatever she could to be a witness and disciple him. And look where he is at now. He's taken the mantle of Billy Graham and he's a great evangelist. Patience. Patience. God's patient with us. We need to be patient. Patient with the kids that God puts in our lives. Robert Fulton, the inventor of the steam engine, I read this story this week too. Uh, in fifth grade, he was failing. He, uh, he was failing his classes, so the teacher called a meeting, and his mom came in, and the mom was told by the teacher, your kid's in fifth grade now, he doesn't even know how to read or write, he's failing, and he's, he's a rough kid. Robert Fulton's mom said this after the teacher said, what's the problem with your kid? She said, my son's head is so full of, this is the mom's response to the teacher, my son's head is so full of original ideas, he has no room to store the musty old ideas that your books are giving him. <laughs> and then Robert Fulton writes several years later in his autobiography, I was only 10 years old the day my mom talked to my teacher, and, I see, and she seemed, my mom seemed like the only person on earth that was patient with me and she knew that I had a natural bent towards mechanics. And he went on to develop this steam engine that helped basically bring pioneering to our country and the railroad. Amazing. Patience, patience, patience. So, God says this. I want to put you on my knees like a nursing baby. I want to comfort you and care for you. You want to receive that? You need to, need to realize that God's love is a comforting love. He wants to be like a mom towards you with a baby that's just being fondled on her knees. That's God's love for you this morning. Secondly, we've seen this morning, God wants to accept you fully. He wants to accept you just as you are. 
He knows your failures. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your sins. He loves you anyways. It's amazing. The amazing love of God and his acceptance of us. And lastly, realize God's love towards you. It's patient. He's patient. He's going to endure. He says again, I will never, ever leave you or forsake you. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And so moms, display that love to your kids. Comfort. Be patient with them. Accept them. Don't show favoritism towards one kid or the other. Accept them the way that God loves and accepts you. One last story. Ben Carson, who works now for Donald Trump in the HUD housing department and everything else, I was reading about him this week. He had a mom that was a single mom. She worked two jobs. And as Ben Carson started growing older in the middle school, he was flunking his classes. And so his mom did something radical. She said to Ben, okay, TV's off. You're going to read one book a week. Every book you read, you're going to do a book report for me, and you're going to give it to me every week. And from that time on, from middle school on, Ben Carson was told by his single mom that worked two jobs, you're going you're to read a book a week. And he did. And he went on from flunking to be an honors honor student in middle school and then high school, and I don't know if you know his story or not, but Ben Carson went on to become the youngest director of John Hopkins Medical uh, Center for Neurosurgery, and he went on to become a neurosurgeon. Amazing man, Ben Carson is. After his mother passed away, he wrote about his mom, and he said this about his mom, all that I am is because of the love of my mother. Her foresight and discipline with me pushed me to reach all the goals that I've reached in my life. And he went on to become not only a doctor, but a neurosurgeon. Amazing. Amazing. Amazing what a mother's love can do. Amen? All right, one last thing. I was at my, my daughter's, she won Teacher of the Year for the school that she's at. And I learned this, at this Teacher of the Year thing. And here's what I want you to do. Okay, all moms, I want you to do this. I'm just mimicking what I learned in this speech for Teacher of the Year. All moms, moms, look at me a second. Look at me. Ladies, look at me a second, okay? Um, all moms, I want to say, you're okay. You're okay. You're okay. Okay? And now, moms, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take, you're okay. You're okay. You're okay. I want you to take, I want you to take the okay, and I want you to put it on your chin right here. Go ahead. Put, put the okay on your chin right here. Put it on your chin right here. It's amazing. Almost all of you have it right here. Where did I tell you to put it? <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't see any of you down here. Why do I end this Mother's Day message like that? Because I wanna, that's an illustration I want to give you in closing. You could tell your kids what you want them to do all the rest of your life. But if you model what they're supposed to do and you live a godly, godly Christian life, they won't do this, they'll do this. Amen? Amen. 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 All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you, God, that you have an accepting, patient, enduring mm, mother's love for us, Father. God, you're so compassionate. You're so patient with us, Lord. You're so good.
And Father, I pray for every mom in this room. I pray that you give them a fortitude, a patience, a perseverance, a blessing this Mother's Day, God. Thank you for your word that reminds us of all these things, Lord. And thank you most of all this day that you love us with a mother's love. You're patient with us, Lord. You, you're compassionate towards us. You comfort us. You endure with us. And you bless us. And you sustain us. And you help us, Lord. So thank you so much, Lord, for your love. And we just pray these things now in Jesus' name.